What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sleepless Nomad Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Ritchie, and I'm super excited to have you here today. I hope everybody's having a fantastic Monday. We're just going to do a short and easy episode because my last few episodes have been pretty long, and so I figured, you know what, why don't we just try to do something that provides a little bit of information this time around. You know, these last few episodes have just been some storytelling along with just having a couple of guests on here and there, but I wanted to provide some value to you guys today. So this episode is just going to be about five easy tips that any photographer of any level can use to improve their photography. For some people, this is going to be a refresher, while for others, this may be something more than one or two things that I guess will be new to them. So let's just go ahead and get it started off with. And that first one is, and I would say out of all of them, this is the most important one. Don't take photos, make photos. You know, I know this can sound very interesting. Like, what do you mean? Don't take photos, make photos. Well, when an artist is creating a painting, the artist doesn't go into the painting thinking, I'm just going to draw whatever comes to mind. Oftentimes they have an idea of at least what they're going to draw. Now that doesn't go for all the cases, but for most cases it does, especially with, for example, portraits. A lot of times when people are taking photos, they're just clicking, clicking, clicking. And what I found is even for myself, when I first started doing photography, I found that it was just in hopes that one photo was going to hit right. Or when I brought it open or brought them open into Lightroom, I'd just be like, oh, that's the one I'm going to edit. That's the one that looks good. I would say my photography game changed dramatically or changed quite a lot when I went from thinking along the lines of instead of thinking about, okay, what photo looks good to let's make a photo. And by making, by starting the process of making photos, I was able to really improve my photography. Now, when I say making a photo, what I, what comes to mind for me is that whenever I'm at a location, I kind of have an idea in my head already of what I'm looking to accomplish. So, you know, that's, you know, obviously that's easier said than done, but especially when you're like, well, when I'm at a new location, how do I know what I'm going to make? So I guess I would give a better example of that is like right now I live in Prague, Czech Republic. So when I'm in Prague, Czech Republic, I have an idea of what the city looks like and what I can do with the city. So I can take pictures of architecture. I can take pictures of street art that's already there. I can take pictures of people. I can take pictures of people and street art. There's metros, uh, meaning the subway. There's trams. There's cars. There's bikes. There's scooters. There's the train station and many more things, right? So now I have an idea of like all the different things that I can do with the city. And so then I go into it with a mind of like whenever I see something like a, a building that has interesting lines or um, maybe it has an interesting characteristic aspect about it and I want to share it with you guys, then I take the photo and I make it because I'm thinking about it while I'm taking the photo. And so it oftentimes will, A, it will save you in time with editing and B, it'll save you from taking photos that just don't make sense once you're going back to review them. Now I said I wanted to make this a faster episode, so I'm going to kind of go on to the next thing. 
So for a lot of you, you guys have probably heard of this before, but use the rule of thirds. If you have it on your camera, turn it on. And if you have it on your phone, which if you have an iPhone, I know it's possible, turn on the grid. And the rule of thirds is basically simple. Don't put your subject, whatever it is, it could be a horse, it could be a person, it could be a car, it could be, unless it's it's dependent upon what you're trying to create. But a lot of times if you off-center whatever your subject is, you're going to find that the photo is more appeasing to the eye. And I don't really know the psychology behind this. I just know that it works. So try it next time. Whenever you have like a, a portrait and you're, you're trying to take a picture of a person, instead of putting the person front and center, maybe you can put them to the right of the photo, to the left of the photo. Maybe you add a little bit of separation between the background that the person's using uh, or the background between the person and the foreground. So in, in, in short, for example, if you're taking a picture of a person up against a wall, have the person come up off of the wall about a foot to create some depth in the photo. Try and experiment. That's the biggest thing. You know, when I say make a photo, that doesn't mean don't experiment. That means if you're going to be taking portraits of someone on the wall, then make a photo of someone, say, standing about a foot away from the wall, and then make a picture of the person leaning up against the wall. Experiment. Find out, A, what your style is, but B, what works for the model, what makes the model look good. It's the same thing for architecture. Experiment. Okay, I can get the whole building in. Should I do a panorama? Should I only do one-third of the building? Should I only focus on one part of the building? I guess that would bring me to some other things that I've already kind of mentioned, but I'll go ahead and, and say, use leading lines. So whenever you're out and about, let's say you're traveling and you're thinking, man, I really, I, I kind of saw this on a Facebook post. Somebody was looking at my photos and they're like, how come when I travel, my photos don't look like this? Well, the first thing is I edit my photos first and foremost. Um, I don't have an analog camera, film camera where I just snap the photo and that's that. I, I like to look at my photos as a multi-step art process. So when I take the photo, I have my initial canvas. And then when I take it into Lightroom, I'm doing the final touches and I'm really putting in my artist touched into it. Back to leading lines. When you're looking at something while you're traveling, try to find things that your eyes naturally would call lines. So if it's a curve in the road, where does the curve in the road lead your eye to? If it's a rope that's tying off a boat, does that rope kind of lead to the boat? Is there a way that you could position a camera where the eye would naturally follow that rope up to the main subject, which is the boat? You know, just look around for leading lines because those leading lines are really going to help you um, naturally make your photo work better. Remember that the eye can only focus on so many different things when a person is looking at a photo photograph. And oftentimes if a photo feels overwhelming, um, for example, a photo that maybe has too many people or too many things in it, and the eye doesn't know where to look, it can become kind of stressful for the viewer to look at the photo and they don't know whether to like it or not. Give, give, hmm, how do I, how would I put this? The person should know where to look when they're already looking at the photo. It should just be natural for them. They should know exactly where they're going to be looking and that should help give you a better idea of how to take the photo. Moving on to the next thing, lighting is everything. Lighting is everything. 
you know, oftentimes in travel photos, I see this a lot, but people will take photos during midday. Now, often I understand that you can't control where you're at, at what part of the day. And that's totally understandable that you're just trying to get some of those moments in where you just want to have something for keepsake or for memories. I really understand that. However, if you have the opportunity to wake up for sunrise or to step outside for sunset, these are called the golden hours. A lot of time when you hear golden hours, most of the time people are talking about sunset, but sunrise is just as beautiful. And during this time, photos will naturally become a little bit more contrasty and they'll, um, they'll be a little bit less harsh. It's because of the Kelvin of the light and just the spectrums of what you're going to see. And of course, depending on where you're at you and depending on the weather, you might have some pinks and violets and different colors that are going to help really push your photo to the max. So in one of my photos, I took a picture of the Eiffel Tower during sunset. If I had taken that same photo at the same position during midday, I know that it would not have looked it would not have looked as dramatic, as contrasty, as beautiful as it looked. So that's so much like information I know I'm giving out at one time, but if I could sum it up into one little simple thought, it's lighting is key. Now, lighting doesn't just apply to sunsets and sunrises. You can put this into perspective as well when you're taking pictures of people or of buildings. Is there a way to add some drama to the photo? Is there a way that a shadow cast off onto a building that perhaps the person is standing at the edge of the building or there's light just going on to one person in a very dark place? Let the light be in your favor. You know, look for those sun flares. Look for those things that you can say, oh, okay, that's an interesting way to use lighting. Again, make the photo, but also experiment. This is key whenever you're finding your style. I'll tell you, I've honestly, I bought my first camera back in 2011. It was a Sony CyberShot, and it was 10, uh, 12 megapixels. And I remember thinking, wow, this is really going to make me have like the best photos because I have all these megapixels. You know, looking back on it now, the thing I would tell myself is that well, camera is one thing, but what's most important is all the things that go into the thought process of making the photo. And lighting is one of the things that I would say that I'm still constantly working on. I know for a fact that I oftentimes prefer my photos during sunset than I ever do during sun uh, midday, should I say. Now, there are other times where sunset and sunrise have been beaten out, and that's during cloudy, gloomy days with a lot of rainy, dark clouds, but I love that type of mood because that's who I am as a photographer. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next one. So we have leading lines. Lighting is everything. Use the rule of thirds. Don't take a photo. Make a photo. And, you know, I mentioned earlier something. I said, when I take a photo, I said, it's just the beginning. And that is the truth. If you have an opportunity even if it's a free photo editor, try to open up a photo editing program and really practice your editing. And if you're paying for it, like me, especially with Adobe, you really have no excuse to not practice your editing. You know, a lot of times whenever you're looking at a photographer on Instagram or on Facebook and the photo just looks amazing and you're like, wow, how did they take that photo? 
they didn't just take the photo and that was it. They had to take it into Lightroom and really put some work and effort into it to A, add the artist's touch, which is, you know, their personal touch, but also to color correct the photo, to just do basic balances and corrections such as contrast, exposure, blacks, whites, shadows, highlights, you know, I could go into all the different details about what that is, but I think that would be a podcast for another time. But what you'll find is, is that, you know, as you edit your photos over time, I can definitely say that my style has changed, but it's also improved. So this is for the photographers that have been in the game for a while. Do yourself a favor, go back and look at your photos that you edited from three four years ago. Hopefully you still have the raw format version of it and see if you can re-edit that same photo and see what the differences are. A, what you'll probably find out is that you're going to edit the photo completely differently. But B, you're probably also going to find that you like the way you edit now than how you edited before. And the reason why is because you've kept editing. You've kept working on it. And And like many things in life, you just have to keep working on it. You have to keep You have to keep repeating, you have to keep repeating, just like I'm repeating these words in your ears. And I really want to emphasize that because the more you practice all these things that I'm talking about, leading lines, lights, making the photo, thinking about it beforehand, you know, working on your exposure, how you're going to do that, you know, practicing your editing, it's really all going to combine to a better effort, as I mentioned, that's going to give you the best photograph that you can get. And even then, you're going to constantly find yourself working on it, getting used to different things on the camera, whether it's your phone camera or your um, mirrorless camera or even your DSLR. Just practice. Now, the last one, it can apply to some phone. This is number six. It's a bonus one, but I think it's just as important. The last one that I wanted to mention, if you have it on iPhone, use it. If you have it on a camera, I know you have it. Use raw format. That's R-A-W format. Because raw format allows you, A, once you edit a photo and save it, it loses zero data. But B, when you take the photo, it gives you way more information to work with in Lightroom. Way more, way, way, way more information to work with in Lightroom. Now, it may, to you, it may sound silly, like, why do I need to do it if I'm not even that good at Lightroom? One of my biggest regrets, when I went to Vietnam, I did not use raw format. I used JPEG. And now that I'm a better editor, I cannot save the photos that I overexposed. I can't save the photos that I underexposed. I can't edit the photos how I saw them in my mind. Because with RAW, if you do happen to mess up on your exposure, whether you overexpose or underexpose, RAW format a lot of times can be your savior to fixing a photo. And the beautiful thing about it is that you can go back in time regardless of how many megapixels were in the photo. And oftentimes you can still create stunning images from your old photos as long as they're in RAW. Now I shoot RAW all the time. I don't shoot JPEG at all. I haven't shot JPEG in probably over at least 
two and a half, three years. I'd probably say it's probably closer to four if I'm really being honest with myself. And I'm so glad that I haven't because it has given me the ability to go back in my old photo albums and pull out some gems that I've long forgotten about and or make some gems because I now have the editing capabilities to do so. So I said this was going to be a quick podcast because I didn't want to take up too much of your time. I hope for the people that do photograph already and they're great photographers out there. Many of you are excellent photographers that far surpass me. I hope this information helped you. For the new photographers that are just looking to improve their travel photography or just improve their everyday photography, I hope this helped. I only made five plus the six one because I know that there's so much more information out there and I wanted to make this shorter. So if you guys enjoyed this podcast, please do me a huge favor and give it a five-star review or whatever stars you feel like giving it. It really helps with the algorithm. Also, if you could do me a favor, please feel free to share this podcast with anybody that you know may find this information useful. As always, I appreciate you guys tuning in for this one, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye.